Welcome to UGA Sports Rumors versus Facts. I'm Blaine Gilmer here with Jed May and Trent Smallwood, and we're here once again to cover UGA football recruiting. Uh, Trent, Jed, how's everything going this evening? Going good. Can't complain. Going good on this side. I hear you. I hear you. Well, Georgia, things certainly going good for them. The month of July has been hot, not only uh, hot weather, but hot on the trail for the Bulldogs. They've got four commitments in the class of 2023 and 2024 and have just added a fifth commitment in Jabri Coleman in the 2025 class. So Georgia is really getting things going here in the month of July, guys. Yeah, I mean, anytime you you take a run, anytime Georgia takes a running back, it, it certainly catches your attention with with what they've done at the position. And um, Jabri Coleman out of Philadelphia, out of Imhotep uh, Charter Institute, a, a powerhouse school up there. Georgia's obviously done well for themselves when you look at pulling DeAndre Swift out of Philadelphia um, five or six years ago. So um, Coleman's a guy to watch. He's we were talking about him earlier. Blaine, he's a big guy for being a, a rising sophomore in high school. He's about six foot. And he's a little over two hundred pounds already. So you project down the line by the time it gets to college, he could be a really, you know, Branson Robinson type physical specimen at that running back spot. Oh yeah. My camera's it, messing up. It seems, <laughs> you know, it seems you know a little bit more about uh I guess uh, you've had conversations with the coach or in the past. Um, is there a connection there with Swift? No, um Swift went to um I knew it was a different high school, was about it now. Yeah, it's a different high school, but that's a lot of like I remember when I was talking with the coach about, I don't know, there was a, it might have been a Nye White last year in the 22 class, but he was like, yeah, when DeAndre Swift had his commitment video, right? And he's running through the streets of Philadelphia and everything. There was a bunch of kids. He's like, yeah, I think a Nye White was, was one of the kids in that commitment video. So these Philadelphia high schools are, are really, um, you know, kind of intertwined. Inter- MOTEP is, is like a, a power program. Their George has offered several other guys on their roster, Amir Stewart. Um, safety has a Georgia offer. Um, there's an, I want to say there's another 25 guy up there that has a Georgia offer. So definitely a place that the Georgia coaches know well. The Fran Brown connections there obviously don't hurt. Um, and, yeah, Georgia's gone up there and got the 25 class started with a guy from uh, from the Northeast. Yeah, and, you know, that Mark Webb uh, is a guy that came to Georgia from Philadelphia as well. So they're – Kind of a little pipeline going there. But like I said, that's a 2025 commit. Uh, long way to go on that one. Uh, but but we'll see. That's certainly a, a nice start to Georgia in that class. But let's kind of go in reverse order, I guess. Uh, we, we haven't really had a show since NICAR and Landon Thomas in the class of 2024 committed. Um, Todd Hartley having a big hand in both of those commitments, uh, you know, NICAR. And then, of course, Landon Thomas um, – and Todd Hartley, we saw Del McGee just pick up a running back in 2025, but and we're going to talk about Glenn Schumann in the class of 2023, but the 2024 has uh, Todd Hartley's fingerprints all over it right now, Trent. Yeah. Um, you know, 2024 is off to a, a rocking start. You know, and you look at it again, another elite tight end pool um, for Todd Hartley. I mean, the, the, the guy has – landed a you know top two or three tied in and how how many consecutive classes and um he continues that and then nicar is, is an excellent pickup as well so um off to a great start with it being two in-state guys uh and, and both of them highly ranked and both of them seeming like they're um not here to stay 
Um, it's a long ways away, but these are two guys that are already talking up Georgia. Um, I saw Nikar has been tweeting about Georgia a lot when, when coming about winning more national championships. So, yeah, it's it's uh, uh th- those are two huge pickups. Yeah, and uh, you know that obviously there's guys that in the class of 2024 all littered throughout the state of Georgia. We don't even have time to go through all all of them. I mean, I think we were saying it's 40 out of the out of the rivals 250 are from the state of Georgia right now, and uh, 11 of the 11 of the top. 50 prospects something crazy along those lines in the class of 2024 so georgia gets a couple of them right there but then you know jed the other two commitments that we've talked about we said there was five so we've talked about jabri coleman in 2025 we've talked about landon thomas and nicar and now in the class of 2023 the one most pertinent to a lot of these uh people watching is probably raylan wilson at linebacker in the class of 2023 and then daniel harris at um, defensive back we, we we had a show and we're able to talk about Daniel Harris a little bit um, but Raylan Wilson completing that flip for Michigan a big deal for Glenn Schumann and uh, I, I've jokingly put the, the the meme out you know the Spider-Man meme of Hartley uh, McGee and Schumann all pointing at each other at the same thing because they're all recruiting their tails off right now yeah, Raylan Wilson's the guy. If if for all you guys out there that that watch the show every week, we've talked about Raylan Wilson for a long time as a guy that we could see ending up in this class, even when he was still committed to Michigan. Like she visited Georgia in March. He came for an official visit. Uh, I believe it was the first weekend in June, the, the really big weekend um, when he was here. I could be wrong on that, but either way, they've gotten CJ Allen. As soon as Raylan Wilson decommitted from Michigan. It kind of seemed like a matter of, of when, not if he'd end up in Athens and he pulls the trigger on Sunday. So you look at, you got those two guys on board and now the calendar, the the arrows start pointing toward Troy Bowles on Saturday. If Georgia closes on Troy Bowles, which we all, I think, think that Georgia will, Georgia seems to lead there. That's an incredible, incredible, incredible um, inside linebacker class. I mean, if CJ Allen is your lowest rated of the three, like you've done pretty well for yourself because CJ Allen's a stud. And then you've got Raylan Wilson and, and Troy Bulls to go along with him. So um, this inside linebacker class is already very good, but it's got the potential to just be his, historic, great, elite, whatever. Um, Troy Bulls commits on Saturday. Yeah, that would that would be huge. Um, you know, Trent, your thoughts on uh, Raylan Wilson, and then you, we can touch again on uh, Daniel Daniel Harris. So, I mean, that's two two really good uh, really good pickups for Georgia's defense in the class of twenty twenty three. Yeah, I really like Raylan. Uh, he's he's uh, kind of like your linebackers that you've seen at Georgia with with, with your Monty Ross and those guys. So excellent um, lateral speed. Um, he has um, he sheds blocks well. Um, he he's a good blitzer. Uh, that's one one thing I noticed on film is uh, he they blitz him a lot. He, he's a is a very good blitzer. He's just, uh, you know, just looking at him. He, he's he's built. He's uh, almost almost looks like college ready from a physical standpoint. Now it'll take some uh, the the learning curve and and you know the maturity aspect of that um, mentally. But uh, he, he looks like a looks like a linebacker that's going to fit in um, just just good for for Schumann and Athens. Yeah, and uh, anytime a linebacker's returning punts for their high school team. Pretty good indication that they're a, <laughs> they're a playmaker that they can get get some stuff going. So, uh, yeah, for sure, rather than Wilson to, I think to I, George. I think I saw a track time of ten eight nine or ten nine uh, of of the hundred. So, 
It's pretty good for a linebacker. Yeah, not not bad at all. Um, and of course, we we touched on Daniel Harris. I think a couple of weeks ago, just saying that he's he's got that length to him, and he's another big corner. That that seems to be the trend now. If you're not a if you're not six two, uh, you're probably not going to play corner uh, at, at Georgia. That just kind of seems how it is now. All these guys are long and athletic. So uh, very very cool stuff. Um, right there to, to see for the, the, the staff and, you know, cause they, they put in a lot of hard work on this kind of stuff and you see, uh, you see things going back and forth, but you know, those guys have to be excited about what they're, they're bringing in now. And I know a lot of people over on the vent and the vault are excited about it as well, but, uh, a lot of questions that are in the other way as well. So we'll be getting in that. There's a little bit of panic sitting in, in a couple of positions that we'll, we'll be talking about here but without further ado let's go ahead and kick it off here jed with uh our first question from zamir for heisman zamir for heisman gotta update that username uh <laughs> who who in our opinion will be uh the next three commits yeah so i think you got to just look at the the scheduled ones out right now you know that and where georgia sits with them i think all of us have um future cast in for uh, Jamal Jarrett uh, to 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 Georgia. I think it's just seemed like ever since he was there for the national championship parades, you know, celebration that day in January, and he got to meet Jordan Davis for the first time. It's just felt like he was gonna, you know, end up being a Georgia Bulldog. Now, it's always hard to overcome the the North Carolina Tar Heels when you're in that state. Uh, Jed, you saw it last year with Travis Shaw. So. Um, I think he would be one. Then who are the the other guys that are scheduled next? I think Jonel Aguirre is a week after him, and then Troy Bowles that we talked about. Troy Bowles is the 16th. Uh, Kelton Smith is, I believe, the 21st next week. So theoretically within a span of five days. If we're looking at just the scheduled ones, you could say Troy Bowles Saturday, Jamal Jarrett's is Tuesday, and then um, K.J. Smith is Thursday. Now, that being said, there's always the possibility that that someone pops. I mean, there's we've talked about this a lot, right? When people say, when is Caleb Downs going to commit? Or when is, you know, Samson yeah. Okamola going to commit? There's guys that could pop it at theoretically any time. We don't really know on a lot of these guys. Um, but as far as scheduled ones go, yeah, you've got Bowles, Bowles this Saturday, um, Jarrett Tuesday, Smith Thursday, and then Janelle Aguero the next Saturday, 23rd. And, you know, Trent, I mean, you've seen it for a while. There's guys like uh, like um, Tyler Williams, for example, who has a commitment date of September 27th. But let's say Georgia were to be the the heavy favorite there, and maybe they they want to push for a little bit of commit. It could you know it could come earlier than expected. You know that that, that happens at times. Yeah, and and you know, are they having that big weekend again at the end of July? Yeah, I believe I they're having the, the, yeah. the what they call it, the dog days of summer type deal. Yeah, last the year. cookout deal and, and all that. And kind they of had that huge slip and slide and stuff on the field. Mm -hmm. um, uh, it with, with that coming, and you see some of these guys that that might be uh, are scheduled to announce in September. If some of those guys get on campus, like uh, Tyler Williams, the guys you mentioned, you might see that that uh, timeline uh, move move closer. Um, especially some of these guys that are are waiting until the fall. Um, so yeah, yeah, we got the four scheduled ones, I think, but then you, you might see some, if, if they're able to get on campus in July, you might see some, uh, you, you know, jump at the, the beginning of August, um, move that timeline up a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, 
that's when we learned like uh, Sean Alexander was going to be a, a Georgia Bulldog last year. You know, he was there. I followed up with him and his camp, and he pretty much said, "Hey, this is this is going to happen." Now it didn't come to fruition until uh, you know he didn't he didn't commit and, until right before uh, signing a, a little bit later on. But that kind of stuff happens, and and uh, you know we'll. That's why you subscribe to the vault. We'll be keeping you up to date with anything we hear on, on that end once the end of July comes as well. So, uh, Ryan Dog says, you guys are awesome. We appreciate that. Uh, how many commits by the end of July? So, I guess what – I guess let's just do like an over-under here. I mean, um, you know, there, there's lots that are possible. Uh, like like we said, we don't know exactly when like Justice Haynes and Caleb Downs are going to be uh, committing. We don't know exactly when Connor Lou, but – those guys are all close here, Jed, and and that could increase the number from you know four or five scheduled guys to if you were to land a couple of those guys, you know six, seven, eight guys that that end up committing, and then also you got guys in different classes as we saw today with Jabri Coleman. So, yeah, I was just gonna say that number. I mean, there could be twenty four guys that pop at any time. I mean, even oh, you were just talking about guys' timelines getting twenty four. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, not twenty four guys. <laughs> twenty four guys, yeah. Um, over under 24, but like a Nye car starts tweeting out July 11th the other day, remember? And we're all like, Oh, he's talking about Landon Thomas, probably right. And we're all getting ready for actually today was supposed to be the day. And then uh, Landon Thomas goes ahead and pulls the trigger the next day, stuff like that. So, um, let's see. Uh, I'm the resident guy with a gambling problem here, so I'll set the over under at um, let's see, five and a half. Yeah, I think five, five and a half would be a but be a good one to. That's a good hook there to get either get people one way or the other. So is, is that be, all classes you're referring yeah, to? Yeah, all classes. I'm going over on five and a half. Yeah, I'm going yeah. Over. I would go. I would go over too. I I think you know, um, I think it's it'll be interesting to to see how many across different classes end up. But yeah, I think Georgia's going to have a really really good month of July, um, and we're going to touch on some of those guys here shortly. So uh, I got another question here from Drew Yang ninety six, Jed. Yep. So what's y'all's gut feeling on Jalen Hale? Also, do we still believe Tyler Williams and Raymond Cottrell end up in the class? Uh, I think Georgia's sitting really well for Tyler Tyler Williams. I think Raymond Cottrell, listen, the, the, the guy's just enjoying getting to go through the recruiting experience and stuff like that. But I, I really think that uh, he, he really loves Georgia. He's doing a lot of recruiting on Georgia's behalf. I would expect Tyler uh, – I would expect – um, Raymond Cottrell to end up in this class. I think Tyler Williams right now. I think Georgia leads for uh, Tyler Williams, and I think the 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 message that Kirby Smart and Brian McClendon and, and Todd Munkin have all given given him has really resonated with him and his family. But uh, I'll defer to you guys on uh, Jalen Hale uh, right here. You know, what's your thoughts on Jalen Hale? I believe he put out a top three of Georgia, uh, Alabama, and Texas which that top three sounds uh, eerily similar to that of uh, Arch Manning, uh, bringing back a little P, uh, PTSD there. But, um, you know, uh, Trent, what what's your thoughts on Hale right now? You know, I I, I would have uh, had a lot better thoughts if, if Arch would have delivered. But, um, you, you know, I, I, I think Texas – at the end of the day, I think, I think Jalen Hale – really loves Georgia. I mean, you could tell that coming off his visit. I think he really liked the coaching staff. I think he really liked the campus. There is that connection with Arch Manning. You know, he's he's from out there. It's going to be hard to to beat Texas at the end. But, I, I mean, 
anything can happen between now and then in his announcement because we don't know when his announcement is going to be. And I do think Georgia is very uh, big in the mix. I, I mean, I think I think he's you know he's one of the top three schools. Obviously, I just think at the end of the day, um, Texas might be the school to beat. Yeah, it's going to be difficult to always to pull guys out of the state of Texas, especially in the environment that we're in now, which uh, I'm not saying, you know, legal, illegal, whatever. I'm just saying it's the world of NIL and Texas and Texas A&M. Just if you look at the the actual numbers with revenue brought in, there, there are two schools that are not hurting for money to be able to uh, help do that. So that means their booster base is able to do that through collectives and stuff like that. So always going to be difficult there. You see Georgia is going to be in a battle with uh, Hakeem uh, for Hakeem Williams as well at, at receiver with Tex Texas A&M involved and, uh, you know, Pittsburgh is even still involved with him and stuff like that. Maybe they can get their boosters to uh, pony up a little NIL after losing Jordan Atkinson to USC. Maybe they feel a little scorned by that. So um, it'll be interesting to see how it all uh, plays out with those top tier receivers. But this is why Brian McClendon was uh, brought here. Kirby Smart obviously uh, has beliefs that he's a uh, you know top tier recruiter and coach, uh, former. Georgia uh, Georgia player himself. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out on those top-tier receivers. All right, Jed, you're going to love this one. A little, little panic question here from KSDJ1869. There is widespread panic on the vault uh, right now. With the vent and sheer panic about the offensive line, most of our top targets so far committing. How are we feeling with Monroe Freeling, Samson Okanlola, and others at the top of the board? And does Bo Hewley stay committed? Yeah, I'm not going to say that it should be a full-on, you know, meltdown of panic, but I will say that I don't think it's looking great right now for Georgia in this offensive line, as great as they would want it to. I mean, Trent, is that a fair assessment to say that, you know, sometimes you just have to call a spade a spade and say that they miss on people? Yeah, I think this was a, a class where you really needed to hit, uh, you know, on a couple. I think Ernest Green was the big one in the last class, but – you really needed to hit on two or three, uh, similar to what Sam Pittman does. You're never going to be – I mean, you're not – nobody's Sam Pittman on the recruiting trail. But you you lead, you needed to, to land a couple of elite offensive tackles in this class, in my opinion. And, and right now, you don't, you know, have those guys. And you've missed on some. But at the uh, same time, the vault always panics in July. And Kirby always delivers at the end of the day. But that is a uh, – the offensive line is one position that is worrisome right now. Yeah, they've lost, they lost uh, Raquez uh, McKeldery to Alabama. And listen, some people want to uh, downplay uh, McKeldery and things like that. But listen, Alabama's not taking somebody if they can't play. Okay, so Raquez McKeldery was a good, <laughs> good uh, offensive tackle that that can bump into play uh, guard as well that Georgia identified early with Matt Luke there. And, you know, just things kind of happened since the Luke uh, transition. Listen, same thing can be said with Madden Sanker. I believe uh, at the time of us recording this is getting ready to make his his announcement or, or maybe has already made his uh, announcement. Um, and that was a that was a deal that um, Georgia was seemed to be a lock for when Matt Luke was there. So it's a it's a transition process. Uh, TJ Shanahan was real high on Georgia after his official visit. It seems like now he's 
uh, trending towards Texas A&M. So um, Georgia definitely is going to have to really go after guys like Freeling and Akunlala. And then, you know, they've got uh, Kelton Smith that they're targeting with an announcement date coming up soon, Jed, like we said earlier. Yeah, I I think Georgia likes where they sit with Kelton Smith. Um, And I said this with Paul and the guys last night. I haven't heard this. I just have a weird – like speaking of gut feelings, I just have a feeling that Bo Hewley ends up at Auburn. I don't really know why. It's just the vibe I'm I'm getting right now. Could he end up in Athens? Sure. That's that's another thing I say with Paul. There's a best case scenario in this class where you keep Bo Hewley, you land Monroe Freeling. Uh, super best case scenario, you land Sam Snoke and Lola, but I don't think that's going to happen. Um, so if you land Hewley, you land Freeling, you pull in KJ Smith. That's two rivals 250 guys for sure, and KJ Smith could move up. Now, the worst case scenario on the flip side of that, you lose Hewley, you miss on Freeling, and then you're at KJ Smith and Joshua Miller, and your other targets are kind of going elsewhere. So, like you said, it, it's not full blown panic, but there's definitely like some some reason for concern just because, like you were saying, Trent, this is a class where you kind of needed to hit a lot, and Shanahan goes elsewhere. Oklahoma goes elsewhere like like I I think he's going to then all of a sudden you're kind of looking around like where are we where are we going for offensive tackles right now yeah and it is worth saying that you know Del McGee's involved with the TJ Shanahan commit uh you know recruitment as well um so even though it looks like it's trending towards A&M right now you know that a guy like Del McGee's not gonna quit trying and then uh you know of course uh, coach Searles is trying to um, build that relationship as well but um you know never call it over till it's over but it does seem after the visits have been taken that AM has emerged as a favorite so offensive line is definitely the position um you know that that is going to be scrutinized the most probably in this class mikey p follows that up uh, not mikey p 1983 says um do you think we attempt to flip several ol recruits late in this cycle or do you think the coaches are happy with who's available that's a great point trent you know just because somebody's not a target or not being actively recruited right now georgia showed it you know has shown it in the past to go be able to flip guys late heck they've already flipped uh, joshua miller in this class so you know, what What are your thoughts on that? Maybe as it gets closer to December, um, some rumblings start coming of some flips. Yeah, I mean, even the guys committing, you know, already committed. Um, when the season starts and, and uh, you know, that the visits start calming down, they get be able to focus on these games and then uh, – uh, you know, if a team's starting to struggle, you're gonna see you're gonna see some decommits. I mean, it's always happens. It 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 happens every every year. Um, you start watching a season, you start hearing uh, coaches on hot seats and stuff like that. And you start seeing uh, recruits start uh, jumping ship, and you're gonna see that again. And and I mean, not necessarily. I don't know who that that's gonna happen to, but I could see uh, several offense line remaining spots coming from flips. Yeah, absolutely. It's a like I said, recruiting's fluid, and who knows what's going on in the world of uh, NIL and things like that. Now, I will say this. I don't know that there's many offensive linemen that are getting as big at NIL deals as, as uh, other people. Who knows? Maybe like, you know, Dunkin' Donuts, uh, stuff like that starts coming through for the, the O-linemen. Uh, the Michelin, Michelin tires, yeah. <laughs> you know, all that kind of stuff. Beef. 
<laughs> yeah, we got the we got the meats for sure. So we'll see what uh, what happens with the OL. But that's a great question, Mikey P. It definitely could be some flips in store depending on how some of these uh, guys go here in the coming weeks. All right, uh, Jay, we got one from Double Dog Daria, nineteen oh six. Yeah, factor fiction. One, UGA will sign one five-star offensive player of the cycle. Two, UGA will sign the best defensive class this year in, in the country, I guess. And then three, offensive recruits are in wait and see mode with UGA. Yeah, so let's go one by one. Uh, UGA will sign one five-star offensive player this cycle. Uh, I'm going to say fiction. What are y'all's thoughts? Yeah, I would, I would say fiction too. Like, I think you're best bet would be like hacking Williams. either that or like if you land justice haynes and he somehow gets bumped up to a five-star which i don't see running back in the five-star which if if our national analyst here was doing his job justice haynes would be a five-star yeah exactly um yeah i mean i guess yeah i guess the guys that are already five stars yeah i guess hiking williams is your best shot you got to battle with a&m there um i mean Oak and Lola, I guess, is is a chance, but like I said before, I don't I don't see him ending up in Athens. So, uh, I guess the two two shots are either Hakeem Williams or um, sign Justice and and see if he gets bumped up, which probably isn't going to happen. And yeah, the second, it's a fiction across the board. There, UGA will sign the best defensive class this year. Man, if they don't, I don't know uh, who's. I mean, Ohio State has a chance to to sign a really good one with uh, some of the some of the people that they've pulled in. But I think you know if Georgia is able to add, they've already you know got C.J. Allen and and uh, and Raylan Wilson on board, uh, A.J. Harris and Daniel Harris are on board. If if Jamal Jarrett joins, you know, and they end up getting um, a, a Samuel and Pimba, you know, and on the edge, a number three player in the, in the country, you know, I think Georgia sits, sits well with a uh, Jonell Aguirre or a Caleb Downs or, you know, we, something crazy happens and they get both of them. I mean, you know, it, it could be a, another ridiculous defensive class Trent. Yeah. I mean, if you had told me that Georgia would have the defensive back or not sign committed that they have today after the class they had, this past year, I would have called you crazy. I thought it was definitely going to be a down class. I thought that was that would be what pulled this uh, class defensive ranking down. But with, with who they have committed and who they could still land at defensive back, I think this class, uh, this defense class, is going to be elite again. Yes, I think we're all saying a fact yeah, there that, fact that Georgia. Yeah, that Georgia could go fact. Um, Jed, are offensive recruits in wait-and-see mode with UGA, fact or fiction? I mean, I don't I don't think so. Like, I'm going to say fiction just because, like, what are, you, what are you waiting to say? Like, last year would have been one thing, but now, like, I don't – either you've seen it or you haven't, I think, kind of at this point, at least with the Todd Munkin thing. Like, if you don't think – DeBron Gatling is a perfect example. I talked to DeBron Gatling – he was a guy who was like, yeah, I want to play in a little bit more of a wide open offense uh, than Georgia's, and that's you know if that's fine. But if 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 you like what Georgia does at this point, like you kind of know what Todd Munkin and, and the thing are looking or what their offense is going to look like. So I mean, if if anyone should be in wait and see mode, right? It'd be twenty four recruits, and Georgia just landed two top 40, 24 offensive recruits like four days ago. So I don't think so. I'm gonna I'm gonna go fiction on that one. I'm gonna go fiction too. Uh, I think that. Yeah, like like Jess said, what what are they waiting on? There's nothing really. Uh, what what do you have to see? Um, it's 
uh, Georgia's offense just went going about 50-50, more 50-50 than they ever have with the run pass uh, to a national championship with a former walk-on at quarterback. Um, they they threw the ball around. I think that the rotations is something that the the one thing that I could say that recruits might be watching the the rotation. If, if you want to be the man at running back, you don't you don't want to come to Georgia. If you want thirty carries a game, you're not come to Georgia. Um, same thing at wide receiver. We'll see how the rotations are, but that could be the only thing that I'm seeing as a wait and see mode. You've seen what Todd Munkin likes to do. You see he likes to stretch the field. You see he likes to get the ball out in playmakers' hands. There's nothing really uh, I'm out to to see other than what rotations McClendon might be running. Yeah, I, I truly – I think it's fiction too because I think what this has turned into, and people may not like to hear this, but I think Kirby Smart has identified a type of person that he likes to recruit, not just a player. But I think there is a there is a specific type of person in this day of NIL and transfer portal that he gets to know these families, he gets to know these these players, and he tries to identify guys who – basically are going to fit to a T Georgia's core values. Now, are there, are there players that the talent is just so overwhelming that regardless, even if there's some red flags or maybe a, it's not an exact locker room fit, something like that, that you're going to go after? Absolutely. But I will tell you this, there's some players in this class and also some players in the last couple of classes that Georgia could have had if they wanted to and actually, you know, decided to go in a direction a different direction themselves Trent I think once you're at the level that Kirby Smart has brought this Georgia program to it's you're just going to see that the the Georgia uh staff be very selective with who they bring into the culture because they've built that championship culture yeah and it's funny you say that because I think, you know, Tyler Williams being a guy that Georgia sits in a good position for, I think his mama was the one tweeting about uh, Neil. And, uh, see, Neil. I said Neil again. Uh, yeah, NIL. <laughs> it's, a new, it's a new name. Um, NIL and, and, and her not shopping her son and stuff like that. I think the, that qu- is, the quote I, was, I'm not going to pimp out my son to the highest bidder. So that is what she said. <laughs> incredible quote. So we got pimp out into a UGA sports uh, episode here. So good, good, good on uh, us. But but just that type. I mean, type of kids that that you can uh, depend on not to transfer out after year one um, because you know not a lot of freshmen play at Georgia because they've uh, stacked the roster year after year in these recruiting classes. So you don't see as many freshmen play. Somebody that's going to uh, not jump ship after year one. They're just looking for those kind of kids and those kind of families. But yet. If the opportunity presents itself, as you saw last year, Georgia's top three pass res, pass catchers in terms of receptions were freshmen. Yeah, <laughs> McConkie, Bowers, and Mitchell. So, so I mean, they, you know, it, it, it it's just all about they they say all the time if you're if you're good enough, you're old enough, you know. So that's that's what it is. But I agree with you in a lot of positions like offensive line. It's hard to get on the field as a, as a freshman, you know, quarterback, you're probably not going to get on the field as, as a freshman, you know, even Arch Manning was not going to walk in and just start day one. That, that was not going to happen in my opinion. I don't uh, think that'll happen at Texas. Yeah. Inside linebackers in that position is hard to get on with uh Kirby's defense. Just a lot of exactly. uh, leadership and, and, and having a guy there that you can count on to get exactly. the 
Exactly, but that was a fun little segment there about uh, Double Dog Dare You 1906. We appreciate that. What's up, dog? He says, Troy Bowles, Jamal Jarrett, Janelle Aguirre, Caleb Downs, and Justice Haynes. Are all five of them already silent commits to our dogs, yes or no? I'll answer that with no, they are not. Uh, there's several listed there that have not made a decision yet. And uh, there may be a couple sprinkled in there <laughs> that are. Um, and I think you can just go look at some – some uh, future casts and things like that uh, to, to kind of read into the, into the lines there, but not all of them are. I know there's, there's a couple in there that are still mulling over decisions and quite honestly, Jed, I don't know how much uh, in today's world you can put stock in a silent commitment today anyways. Yeah. It's especially like, I mean, not that you even necessarily good before, but yeah, with NIL and stuff, it's, it's, it's nil. It's, it's, yeah, there, <laughs> you should put nil importance on silent commits in the NIL list. Now, that being said, could Georgia eventually end up with all five of those guys? I think the answer is very much yes on that one. Yeah, they, I think they're all five in play, but yeah. no, by no means are they silently committed no. right now, all no, of no, them. No, no, so. no. Let me ask you this. If if Caleb Downs and uh, Aguero come, what does that do with uh, Pill? Chris Pill? Yep. I don't know. I think it's a, it becomes a numbers game at that point. You know, how many do they sign on the edge? How many do they sign a defensive tackle? You know, like, you know, it just kind of somewhere has got to be a give and take. But uh, I know Chris Pill is, is someone that Georgia really, really likes and, uh, you know, could see him, you know, ending up in this class, uh, especially if Georgia doesn't. Um, land both Aguero and Caleb Downs. But speaking of Caleb Downs, North Buckhead Dog says here, what has changed about the Caleb Downs recruitment that has several now optimistic with him? I put a note out there. I've still got a future cast in for Caleb Downs to Ohio State, but I am hearing that the appeal of the SEC in itself and the development of the the, the SEC and, and the product that the SEC constantly puts out to – the NFL is a big factor there. I mean, Caleb Downs is one of the most talented players that I think any, all three of us have seen in the last few years. He's just an unbelievable ball player, the instincts, the ability. And it, he's a guy that it's not out of the, you know, it's not unrealistic for him to be looking towards his NFL future because he's got that, that, that kind of gift to hone and craft. Um, but I think that's what's given Alabama and Georgia kind of a better run at him now, whereas Ohio State, I think, had a lead a few weeks ago. I think it's plus the fact that he he didn't pull the trigger to Ohio State, you know, back when they had all the momentum for him uh, coming off visits and, and Ohio State was seemed to be the, the, the big leader and their rumors of a commitment coming and nothing ever happened, no commitment ever happened as long as – the further this gets off from his visits, I think the better uh, things are going to be for Georgia. Yeah, but Jed, uh, you know, Brandon Ennis and a couple of those guys uh, are, that are committed to Ohio State are definitely pushing, especially after, uh, you know, Ohio State had a big weekend this weekend. They're, everybody's atting uh, Caleb Downs on Twitter and Instagram trying to get him to, to join in. So the, the commits, the current commits at Ohio State are kind of being relentless right now and going after Caleb Downs. Yeah, and as they should be. I mean, Georgia commits, I'm, I'm sure, are – I haven't seen it on Twitter as much, but I'm sure they're doing uh, the same with Caleb as well. And Ohio State's – they put out defensive backs to the NFL. They've they got Kay and Lee, who I'm sure Caleb Downs is um, familiar with, former Georgia commit. So, um, 
Yeah, it's it's one of those things. Caleb's a very tough kid to read. I think when you look at Georgia, the main thing Georgia has going for in the conversations I've had with him is the appeal of being coached by Kirby Smart, Will Muschamp, and Fran Brown, all having their 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 hands of being able to 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 coach Caleb Downs there. So that's the main thing Georgia's got going for it. And I'm sure, like you said, Trent, the farther it gets out from that Ohio State visit, the more they're hammering that home of, hey, if you want to be developed as a defensive back, like you said, Blaine, what better place to come than Georgia where you've got two former SEC safeties coaching, guys that have sent a ton of guys to the NFL, plus you got Fran Brown on top of that. And I think Ohio State only signed two defensive backs in their entire class last year, maybe three at the most. So they, they're they very thin, and they, they especially at the safety spot. So uh, that combination with the, the combination of the relationship that – that uh, Downs and his family have built with, I think Delino is how you spell, how you pronounce the last name of the the defensive back coach that came over from um, Cincinnati uh, that coached uh, Sauce Gardner and Kobe Bryant, and then of course they've got the new defensive coordinator there as well. But uh, like you said, Georgia uh, and Alabama, some some newfound momentum it seems here in the Downs uh, recruitment, and um, I put that out on a note on the vault, you know, last week that I'm leaning towards uh, that that future cast for me flipping to one of those two SEC schools as we go down the stretch here. Um, but, you know, we'll see. As for right now, I'm going to hold it with Ohio State, but I do think it's likely that I end up uh, flipping that as, uh, as we get a little bit closer to a commitment here. All right, Jay, we've got another one here. From Senator Blutarski, chances from 0 to 100% that a quarterback currently in high school will sign with Georgia in this class? I say zero. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I don't want to go super. I'll say like fifteen, maybe. I mean, no, I mean, I don't. Say seven and a half. <laughs> seven and a half. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not impossible, but I mean, six point nine. There's, there's, <laughs> nice. uh, there's, there's, Case and Wiseman. I mean, I was put a note out the other day about Austin Novosad, the the Baylor commit. Georgia hadn't been in touch with him, so he's off the board. I mean, there could be a guy that, um emerges late or or whatever um but yeah i don't i don't think it's it's super if they haven't moved on it definitively like at this point that tends to make you think they're leaning more towards either a portal guy or just looking straight at 24 so i put it like 15 low chance not impossible but um as of right now i think it's it's a pretty low chance yeah if you want to add portal to that i think it goes up to well above 50 yeah. percent. Mm-hmm. i would say but if it's currently high school quarterback i'm i'm going way down towards zero there. All right. Uh, will anyone challenge? I think he was trying to put Texas A&M and Miami for the recruiting title after the rapture. I don't know what is uh, – what. this is an interesting one here. I guess he's referring to the, the NIL and, and all that kind of stuff that's helping Miami and Texas A&M. Um, I don't know, guys. I mean, do you think uh, Texas A&M or Miami ends up uh, hauling in the the number one class uh, again this year? I think it's going to be hard to beat Ohio State uh, this time around. Yeah, I would say Ohio State is probably the favorite to land the to, to land number one class. Of course, there is, is the oil money dried I mean, up. Te- not. And te- Texas is doing great things too. So, I would bet against Miami getting it. Just until it's the simple fact that they got to prove that they're going to uh, do it before they do it. I think a lot's going to depend. Uh, these are two, also two teams you're talking about: Texas and my, uh, well, not Texas and them, Texas and Miami. Well, Texas and them too. Uh, that that 
they're going to have to prove something on the field because you're going to you're going to lose some of your top guys if you don't um, you know prove some things on the field and uh, you know Miami hasn't done that in quite a while and Texas has struggled to do that and Texas A&M is coming off a great year where they went eight and four so um, we'll we'll see what happens but uh, I think I think Miami has the best opportunity this this year to to gain momentum because the ACC is not that strong and they've got a really good quarterback in Tyler Van Dyke and and uh, I just think that they could easily you know have a lot of success but I think Texas A and M is going to get obliterated on October eighth especially uh, when they face Alabama and Saban just gets to take out all his uh, frustration on Jimbo over there but Ohio State's going to be tough uh, Texas is going to be tough. Um, yeah, but I, I think you'll I, I think you'll see Georgia end up there in the in the top you know two three four spots. I think they'll the, the, this flurry of commitments is likely coming. I think Georgia's going to end up sitting pretty strong. But um, that's it for our uh, our questions this week, guys. Uh, guys, you got anything uh, anything coming up, Jed? That people need to know about on the website before we sign off here. Uh, nothing in particular, just, you know, like we've been talking about all show, we, we're expecting a lot of commits to be coming by the, by the end of the month. And we'll look to have you covered with behind the scenes stories from those guys, opinions from their coaches, what it means, other guys that could be next at all those positions on all that kind of stuff. So if you want to be covered. If you want these commitments covered from every angle, uh, be sure you're subscribed to the vault and the vent and, um, yeah, just stay tuned. Uh, a little scoop too. Um, Roddy's headed Ooh. out of town. So you know what that means. <laughs> Yeah, somebody, somebody, somebody asked this. I put a note saying that we had some business to take care of tonight uh, with this show being uh, re- recorded instead of live. And somebody asked on the vault if we were gonna, uh, if we were, you know, carrying out a code red on Roddy or something like that. I'm like, I'm like, are we talking few good men here? You know, you need me on that wall. Uh, so we're gonna, we're gonna see. I don't know. It's, it's gonna be interesting to see. Dash got some uh, commitments uh, come George's way with his. His uh, vacation. We'll see what happens with Roddy going well, out of town. Jeff's too. headed out of town too. So hey, you know no, all kinds really of stuff going on. Me and Blaine, me and Blaine will hold it down. That's all right. We'll hold it down. We'll we'll get all the the commitment stories out and stuff. See what's going on here. But uh, while you guys are having having yourself a blast over there, but for Jed May and Trent Smallwood, I'm Blaine Gilmer, and we'll catch you guys next time on UGA Sports Rumors versus Facts. 